This is the Own It Show, where we tell stories of how everyday people made ownership theirs to create extraordinary success. Welcome back to another week of the Own It Show. I'm Justin, and believe it or not, Elise is our guest today, so she's not doing the intro, but welcome to the show. So you've gotten to know Elise through a lot of her interview tactics, and what she's been so great at is connecting to the audience in a very inner energy, mindset-driven way. And we've really never dove into Elise's story or what's made her her and where she's come from, how she's become the CEO of Own It, and really what that journey was like for her and the ups, the downs, the learning capabilities, everything that's ultimately made her her that brings the magic to uh, everything that she does on a day-to-day basis. So without further ado, I'm so excited to be interviewing Elise and having her on the other side of it. So Elise, welcome to the Own It Show and our coach here in New York City, where it all began. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's very strange being on the opposite side of things, but excited to be doing this. So tell the listeners a little bit, because they know you as the CEO of Own It. They know you as uh, this interviewer that talks to everybody as they come on. But where did your journey really begin? Like, where did this deep intuition of taking you from VP at Christian Louboutin, uh, young girl taking on New York City to ultimately becoming this uh, awoken and um, really uh, this, this woman with high level of awareness that uh, really appeals to a lot of different people? Well, it's certainly been a journey. Um, and I think what has been driving it all is my intuition. So since I was 13 years old, I I had a very strong intuition. I knew, I always knew what it was I wanted to do. And that was, that was a big driver for me. So at the age of 13, I knew I wanted to be living in New York city. I mean, a lot, I made a lot of big decisions at a very young age. I decided what my career was going to be. I decided where I would be living. I decided what I wanted my life to look like. Ultimately, I realized I wanted to be in a luxury, working for a luxury fashion company on the business side of things, living in New York city. It was on a trip to New York City when I was 12, 13 years old. Again, it was around the same time. My my father brought me to New York City for the very first time. And um, it was was my intuition that really said, you're you're meant to live in this city. You know, I I started to experience um, and see things in a slightly new way at that time. And and because of that, I really started to make decisions and, and followed my intuition. And ultimately it was my intuition from the very beginning, that's been a big driver for me. And, um, you know, you and I were at a, uh, it's interesting, you and I were at a retreat a couple weeks ago and they went around the room and they asked what everybody's superpower was. And I said, for me, mine was absolutely my intuition. And the thing that I have learned along the way is when, the thing that I've learned along the way is that when I listen to my intuition, it does not steer me wrong. So, you know, let's fast forward. 25 years later, 2020, no, not quite that much. 15, 15 years later, after um, I had made that decision at 13 years old that I wanted to be in the fashion industry living in New York City, my intuition started to, to speak up again. It started to say, you know what, it's time for you to do something different. It's time for you to shift. It's time for you to 
challenge yourself and step into something that's that's different, right? It's not that this other experience of ultimately getting to the, the pinnacle of, of um, my career at, at that time. Um, it's not that it was bad, but it was just, I was ready for something different. And so when I stepped into that, when I listened to my intuition, everything shifted, everything changed again. I mean, it, my life changed completely. I went from um, working at a very high level at, at Christian Louboutin, traveling every other month to Paris, traveling to all the most amazing cities and U.S., Mexico, and Canada, um, to stepping into something completely different. You know, I left, I left that job and um, started this business with you, <laughs> <laughs> um, and which I'm now the CEO of that company, which is, I'm now the CEO of that company, which is really just crazy to even think of. Um, but it's because I followed my intuition and, and followed something different. And so I would say the driver for me through it all is, is absolutely my intuition. Now we often talk about in own it, own your different, own your hashtag different. And there's obviously in your story to go from being a VP in a male driven or male dominant, uh, industry, being a woman in that industry, uh, doing it at an extremely young age, conquering all these things at a young age, going and owning who you wanted to be, and then doing it in a very different way. And then ultimately now transitioning and coming into this, how has own your different through your entire career helped shape who you are? So that's, that's a really great question because originally I, I didn't, um, I was, I was a different person at work than I was at home. And I think, um, I very much so showed up in a way that was expected, right? Like you, you put this, um, this strong face, you put this, uh, emotionless face forward oftentimes. And a lot of people do this in the workplace. And I think one of the most important lessons I realized was actually to fully be myself at work. And when I did that, things shifted in a really good way. I didn't fully learn that lesson until I got to Louboutin. Um, and I know you said I, it's generally the retail industry is, is very male driven, especially at the very high levels. But, um, I was, I was lucky, lucky to be in an amazing team of, of, it was, it was women and men, but the, the, a lot of the leaders at the top, it was very female driven. Um, and it was, it was a really, really amazing culture in which it was supportive. It was forward thinking. It was innovative. It was collaborative. Um, and it wasn't as you think of women, which can sometimes be catty, can sometimes be, um, you know, the, st the stereotypical, stereotypical idea of women working together. This was not that. This, this was the opposite of that. And I think um, when I came in and really started to, to be a part of this team, one of the biggest changes I, I had to make in order to be successful on this team was to be, was to truly be myself. And that was really hard for me because, you know, 10 years prior, I was so used to putting a different face on at work than, than I, than I was at home or who it what truly was in my life. And once I stepped into that, once I stepped into who I truly, truly was, I noticed, noticed a lot of things changing around me for the better. I became a better leader. My cross-functional relationships became a lot stronger People trusted me more, and it was 
it almost went from like this black and white version of myself to, to being in color. And when I did that relationships deepened, professional relationships deepened in, in a really, really strong way. And I think um, it's how I lead today. It's absolutely how I lead today, which is with myself, with my hashtag different. Um, and I had walls up for years. And once, once I let those walls down and, and let people truly see who, who I was, that's when things really started to shift. How difficult was it to lean into that hashtag different? How hard was it to oh, lean into that new level of vulnerability? It was really hard. It was super, super hard. Uh, I would say since my childhood, I had walls up. Um, and I think it's just, you know, part of who I was at the time. Um, and it was, it was hard, not only on the professional side, but even in my personal life, um, I, I had walls up. I mean, even today, I, there's, there's still walls that I have up that I'm working on breaking down. I mean, it's, it's light years different than, than how it was five, six years ago, because it's, it's an evolving process, but it was really, really hard. Um, you know, I think once I looked at myself in the mirror and realized I'm better when I lead with who I truly am. I mean, even we can go into our relationship. When we first met, I had a lot of walls up. <laughs> this is an interesting conversation because you're interviewing me. You're my partner, my business partner and my life partner. So, um, yeah, I mean, even, even when we, when we first started our relationship, I had a lot of walls up. I had a lot of difficulty being vulnerable, um, with you in our relationship. And this was also around the same time where I was being challenged professionally to, to open up and to truly step into myself and, and to step into who, who I am, who I was and who I am. Um, and so it was a really, really difficult process because it takes courage. It takes getting uncomfortable. It takes um, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? That's what vulnerability is all about. But I listen to, you know, a lot of things by Brene Brown and she says the real power and the, and the real, um, the, the, the realness in people lies in, in their vulnerability. And oftentimes, um, you know, it, I always talk about what it takes to, to be a leader and it all starts with leading yourself. And that means stepping into your true self, your true, true self. Um, and when you do that, it, it takes a certain level of discomfort. Um, and you know, the reason why I brought up our relationship is because you were the exact opposite. You were Mr. Vulnerable, Mr. <laughs> cry, cry 10 times before noon. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly how it was. So that, that in and of itself was, was really uncomfortable for me. But, um, again, it was going back to that intuition. I had something under, underlying it all saying, you will be okay. Just lean into it, lean into the discomfort. Like this guy is really different than any, any man you've been with lean into it. Right. It was my intuition leading me with that same thing. When it came to this team that I found at Louboutin, I had an, an intuition saying, lean into it. These people are, you, you are on this team for a reason. You are meant to, to be, to have, be having these relationships with your other team members for a reason. Um, and when I did that again, like I said, everything changed for the better. You talk about like that you're that I showed up for a reason that you're that you were with the team at Louboutin for a reason that you were uh, now doing own it for a reason. Mm -hmm. And can you elaborate a little bit on your uh, and again, this is a lot of what we talk about within 
ONED, how there's a heavy outer energy component, but also a heavy inner energy component and that mind, body, spirit connection. Can mm -hmm. you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure, the connection between the three? Yeah. So um, in order to be, again, I'll go back to the idea of personal leadership. In order to be a strong individual leader and to, to lead yourself first, there has to be awareness and connectedness to mind, body, and spirit. Um, and when we do that, we are able to tap into the best version of ourselves, but it all starts with being able to stand back, listen to our intuition ultimately and say, what is meant for me? And am I either living in or out of alignment with that? Um, and this is, this is a process that we need to go through every single day, right? Because it is constantly, we are constantly evolving. We're constantly changing. Um, you know, you talked about the, the inner and outer energy. There's the physical, the, the, the physical, physical component when it talks about leading yourself first. That's making sure that um, you have the physical energy to show up every single day. I mean, if you think about it, if you're getting four hours of sleep a night and not eating breakfast and having four cups of coffee in the morning and not taking the time to pause in the middle of the day and have a healthy lunch and getting home and not having any energy for your family when you get home and you're so exhausted, you have two glasses of wine and some sleeping pills to put you to, to just be able to fall asleep at night. And then you wake up, you rinse and repeat and do the same thing all over again. That's not somebody who's going to be able to show up with the physical energy that they need. I mean, in, in that scenario that I'm talking about, that person doesn't even have the, the energy to show up for their family by the time they get home from work. They're probably not going to be the best leader for their teams while they are at work. But when we focus in on really taking care of ourselves physically, we are then able to show up with more energy on a day in and day out basis for those people who we want to be able to lead. So there's that physical piece of it, but then there's also a strong inner energy or, or mental and spiritual component to it. Um, and so when we think about the, the spiritual component, that's really making sure we are living in alignment with what it is we're meant to do. We, we all have our own special gift. We all have our own thing that we're meant to do. And again, if we tap into our intuition and listen to that and follow that, it cannot steer us wrong. So that's the spiritual component of it. But then the other piece of it is being able to, to dig deep and say, you know what, if I know that's there, what's standing in my way? What are some of those mental blocks that I have to potentially overcome? I mean, we were talking about one of the big ones for me, which was vulnerability, right? I knew ultimately that my passion was being able to, to set a tone, create a culture and lead a strong team. For me, that is the core of who I am meant to be. So whether it was at Louboutin or whether it's here at Own It, that's something that really, really drives me. But in order to do that, I know I have to be a little bit more vulnerable. I can't do it at 50% of who I am. So I had to overcome a lot of those mental blocks in order to get to a place where I could be the best version of myself as a leader. And in order to do that, I had to, again, get super comfortable with being uncomfortable, leaning into these, these really... Um, tough situations for me. And whether they were personal or professional, they were all put in my way for a reason because I knew overcoming them was going to make me a better version of myself. And ultimately that's what a lot of the inner energy work is about is being able to one, define what is, what is that ultimate thing for me, right? Oftentimes 
that that thing does not shift that much. Like there's one thing that we're really, really driven towards, but the things around it can shift a lot. Those, those things can really shift. But as long as we know, like, what is that core essential part of me? That's that spiritual piece that we have to define. And then the mindset that goes all around it, all of that stuff that gets in our way, that inner critic that we may have in the back of our head telling us that we're not good enough or we're not worthy enough is really just a mindset block that's standing in, in our own way of, of making us be successful and making us be the best version of ourselves. So we know that the physical component, if we think about circles, it's kind of like the build, the building of capacity, handling more, doing more. Mm-hmm. And then as we get inner it uh, into that inner energy we've talked about in terms of spiritual, it allows us to create sustainability, long-term change, and ultimately facilitation of impact in the world. Yep. Now, when you're talking and, and you speak so heavily on this all the time is it's comes back to awareness. That's the first thing that it, that it that generates that. awareness. Yep. And we don't have awareness. We don't have anything <laughs> completely. And so it's, it's awareness of being able to know that each one of us is different. It's awareness to know that we uh, do not have to be perfect, but awareness that there are things that are going to hold us back from truly imparting what we were meant to do here on earth and how we were meant to impact. And so for those that are struggling with awareness, those that are struggling to gain awareness, those that are struggling to lead from that, uh, uh, that lack of awareness, what are some tools, strategies, and tactics that we can ultimately impart to get closer to that? Sure. So there's, there's two key things. One of One of the biggest things when it comes to awareness is having the confidence to do so. Oftentimes it's our ego. And when when I use the word ego, I don't mean cocky or overconfident. What I mean is our true innermost selves, our innermost critic, that oftentimes anytime we we perceive there to be conflict, it jumps into self-protection mode. That's what our ego is. And so oftentimes when we do think of it this way, right? When we do face an uncomfortable situation, let's go back to um, my, my uncomfortable situation, which for a while and still is at times vulnerability, right? So I have, I meet this, this man who is probably one of the most vulnerable people I've ever met. And all he wants is for me to be vulnerable, but I've lived, you know, 28 years of my life practicing, putting up walls. So that's a very, very uncomfortable position for me to step into, but I had to dig into myself, find the courage and the confidence to be able to say, you know what? No, I meant for more. Let me look at this and answer the question. What's really going on? Why does this make me uncomfortable? It's my favorite question. And my favorite tactic is our feelings are meant, our feelings are meant. They're a part of us for a reason. And it's not because they're meant to drive our decisions. It's because they're meant to tell us something. Ooh, that's really good. And so when we, when we are experiencing something that, that we perceive, again, our feelings are, are based on our perceptions. When we are feeling something that we perceived to be uncomfortable, it's because our feelings are telling us something's off. And what oftentimes happens and what most people do is there's, there's, there's a series of steps that happen for us to get to our end result. So our entire life, we're experiencing something. 
right? We have these experiences that turn into core beliefs or thoughts about ourselves, about the world around us, about others, about situations, whatever it may be, right? These core beliefs are typically what generate our feelings. And once we have a feeling, most of the time we act from our feeling. We take that feeling, we put it into action. So again, let me play out the example of vulnerability. I, my core belief about myself is I have to protect myself because if I show my true self then people probably aren't going to like me, I don't, I, I'm, I'm ultimately underneath it all. I'm probably not good enough if I show people my true self. So as a result, I meet this man who wants me to show him my true self, but I feel super closed off. I feel very uncomfortable. I feel anxious. I feel frustrated. So as a result, I stay closed up and have a moment where I can really open up and I shut down. So when you play that forward, right, my, my belief is I'm probably not good enough when I show people my true self, leading me to when I'm faced with, with an opportunity to be, to be vulnerable, when I'm in that situation, my feeling is anxiety, discomfort, frustration, whatever it may be. And if I act from that feeling, I'm probably going to show up out of frustration, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut him down instead of opening myself up. Now let's flip that on, that on its head. And when we ask ourselves, when we have the awareness that our feelings are just there to tell us something. Let's play that forward, right? Same experience, same context, same belief, same feeling of discomfort. But when we take that moment and say, you know what, I'm feeling uncomfortable, but ask ourselves what's really going on. I'm able to take the time and the space to say, you know what, I know that I'm, I'm afraid to be vulnerable because I'm afraid of being shut down. I'm afraid of not being good enough. But when I zoom out and know everything that I do about this man, he already, he, he loves me for who I am. He wants to be with me. He's already committed to living a life together with me. There's no way that if I, if I open up, he's going to shut me down. So when I answer that question, what's really going on? I know it's because of probably a false belief or a mindset block that I have about myself. So if I can connect to that and say, you know what, have the courage, have the strength, have the confidence to be able to show up with vulnerability, I'm showing up in a completely different way when I act from what's really going on, when I process those feelings and those emotions, I show up in a completely different way. I show up as vulnerable. I show up as open. Maybe I communicate, hey, I have this fear. I'm, I'm afraid of being vulnerable. I'm afraid of stepping into this, right? And then that allows, that allows Justin to create a space of security and comfort for me to open up in causing me, causing us to probably have some of the best conversations that we've ever had. And that's the difference. Now, this can be done with any situation, right? It can be done from really low, low intensity situations, like sitting in traffic. I'm feeling really annoyed that I'm sitting in traffic right now. Okay. Why? Why does this annoy me? Well, because I feel like I'm wasting time and I'm used to having control and this is out of my control. Okay. What's really going on? Well, this is something that is not in my control anymore. So you know what? Maybe I take this as an opportunity to listen to, I've been wanting to listen to this 30 minute podcast. I'm going to turn on this podcast, or maybe I need to make this phone call, whatever it may be. And then that allows us to alleviate whatever that feeling it is that we have and show up in a different way when we act from what's really going on instead of acting from that emotion. It's really, really great. And it's, it's unique in how you say it because it. It, it brings back a new level of thought process. It brings a new level of thinking. It, 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 it requires you to be different and requires, and it requires you to- consciousness. I mean, that's, it's, 
when we act from our feelings, that's acting from a subconscious place. When we take the time to process it, we are quite literally acting from a conscious place. And it goes right back to uh, literally the, the, the four stages of uh, uh, psychological behavior change, which comes from uh, unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence to conscience, conscious incompetence to conscious competence is what we truly want to get to. And so I think that's just a really great way in which to put it because it re it helps us realize that there is that there is no level of perfection, but if we can show up with that curiosity and that level of um, uh, discovery and exploration, we're going to get to that new level much, much faster. Yep. And so Absolutely. I'm going to ask our audience's favorite question to you, the CEO of Own It, is what is your definition of ownership? Oh gosh, I knew this question was coming and I didn't <laughs> even think about it. I would say my definition of ownership is leading with yourself. And I think that goes back to, you know, really what I've been talking about this, this entire interview is it really goes back to being able to step into who you are, fully own that, fully own who you are and have the full confidence um, to step into those uncomfortable situations and just grow from it every single day. I love it. Where can people find you? Where can people learn more about Own It and more about how they can work with you? Uh, so ownitcoaching.com is one of the best places to go to learn more about Own It Coaching. Um, I am on Instagram at a Gollin, on LinkedIn, Elise Gollin. Um, lots of lots of great ways to, to connect with me and to find me. I love it. So listeners, as we go forward, there's this high connection between mind, body, and spirit. There's this high connection between inner and outer energy. And knowing that it all connects back to your spiritual purpose, that spiritual connection that creates sustainability to foster change, awareness is at its root and at its core. When we can truly know that our feelings are not simply telling us how to act or what behaviors to go for, but telling us, hey, we need to explore this a little bit more. We need to lead with curiosity. We need to become aware of something here. We can change the way in which we show up. We can change the way in which we learn and develop. And that leads us to a higher level of self, a higher level of actualization in which we're able to bring into every aspect of our lives and truly realize the potential we have, truly realize the life we want, truly realize the results that we're going for while accepting that we're imperfect and we're perfectly imperfect and we're on a journey to truly own our different. So with that, guys, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Be sure to like it. Be sure to share it so that other people can dive in and truly own their different. We'll see you next week. <laughs>